Welcome to Conversations at Basecamp. I'm Noah. And I'm Kim. And we're the co-founders of Kihila, a private community that is a digitized and modernized women's resource group. Our content is designed to provide the universal core skills, confidence, and competence needed to advance and lead today and tomorrow. We believe that representation matters. On this podcast, you'll be able to hear some of the amazing conversations we have in our platform with an incredible array of diverse, empowered women. These conversations have inspired our own personal, professional, and financial lives and given us the confidence to step up and show up as our boldest, truest selves. We hope to spark fire in your soul too and help you on your journey to live on purpose and get in the driver's seat of your life. This is Basecamp for Women on the Rise. Join us, step up, and while you're up there, reach down and bring another woman up too. Welcome everyone to today's fireside chat with Natalie Paquin. She's president and CEO of Points of Light, the world's largest organization dedicated to volunteer service. Natalie joins us to share her story, mission, and how individual action can drive collective change. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We're thrilled to have you. So Natalie, we like to start at the beginning. Um, We know it's generally not a linear path um, for the women we interview of how they got to where they are today. Often there's some zigs and zags in the road, but we'd love to hear in your words, how did you get to where you are today? (laughs) Um, You know, I guess I'll start with uh, with a few family values that were um, taught to me when I was younger. Um, from uh, from my family, we were always taught that hard work and attitude, um, your, your work ethic and your attitude is yours. Uh, you carry it wherever you go. It's not transferable. Um, it belongs to you and, uh, and it is what you have control over. And so I was always taught to work hard and, and bring a good positive attitude to whatever space I, I was in. Um, I started out as, uh, as a, um, actually I started out as a paralegal <laughs> after college and uh, you know, got exposed to the law from a really interesting perspective and uh, was encouraged by one of the partners uh, to go to law school. And so I did. Uh, after law school, I was in litigation, um, uh, worked as a civil rights lawyer for um, you know, a number of years in education and the educational spaces. And, um, you know, it's like, I thought I wanted to do something a little different, but I wasn't sure. So I began volunteering because people ask, you know, how did you get into the nonprofit space? And I actually um, moved from the public sector to the nonprofit sector um, as a volunteer. And, you know, um, you know, one thing about uh, volunteering is you get exposed to issues uh, that you care about. And I think most important is you get to pick up skills that you normally would not pick up in your regular work. Um, And so, uh, you know, being able to pick up skills based on the the committees that I was on, um, really sort of led me into a path of of where I am today. As a volunteer, um, people said, hey, do you want this job? Will you consider this job? And yeah, that's how it happened. Was there, has there been a theme throughout your career and experiences that really has helped you become the leader that you are today? 
Yeah, sure. Um, you know, uh, I actually learned this lesson uh, a while ago, and it was at a, a session really kind of like this. Uh, it was an association, it was membership, and they had a speaker. And the speaker came in, she was an anthropologist, and she was talking to leaders. Uh, she was an anthropologist from, from Harvard. And what she said was, uh, most people think that the greatest currency in the world is um, driven by money, power, and position. But the and, and that's not true, that the greatest power in the world is really driven by, uh, the greatest currency in the world, excuse me, is driven by trust and respect. And so, um, you know, she said, trust and respect is the currency that moves civilizations. And you can go into any ecosystem and, you know, there will be people in positions, uh, you know, with titles, and they may not have as much currency as someone else in a lower position without a title who has trust and respect of their colleagues. And so, um, you know, I would say that that's kind of been the, the theme is to develop uh, trust and respect, to look for trust and respect and, um, and to carry it as a, as a currency that works. Love that. Wow. Um, I think that's the quote from today. <laughs> trust and respect move civilizations. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, what tell us a little bit about the work that you currently do at points of light um, what's the mission of points of light what does the organization do yeah sure well points of light is uh is a nonprofit. Uh, we were founded over 30 years ago by president george hw bush uh, president 41 and uh, many people may recall uh, his um, statement in his inaugural speech where he talked about a thousand points of light and the concept behind that was um really that uh, light is within all of us that the solution to every problem begins with uh, a single individual stepping up and saying that i can help uh, and so you know points of light was formed from that vision. We are a nonpartisan um, organization. We are we sit at the intersection of corporations, nonprofits, um, individuals. We're in. Uh, we have an affiliate network. Uh, our network is in over third uh, over thirty seven countries and two hundred cities. Each year, uh, through our network, our corporate partners as well as our affiliates, we um, help mobilize. Um, over 5 million people to get back over 14 million hours of service. So um, it's really about tapping into the, the human power and the fact that, uh, you know, the power of people is a commodity that actually and a resource that could be um, leveraged. Mm, wow, that's incredible. Um, so this year must be a little bit different for the to, for volunteering. How what has changed in this landscape? during the pandemic? Um, what have you been able to do or maybe not do? Yeah, so, you know, um, the one thing that I would say is uh, about three years ago, because I've been with the organization three years, I can't believe that it's gone by so fast. Uh, you know, one thing we did three years ago uh, as we were looking at our strategic learning, strategic planning process, uh, we looked at volunteerism, but we also looked at other ways people engage. And we know that people engage and, and we created this concept that's called the civic circle, right? It's civic life today. That people are voting, they're using their voice, they are um, boycotting and boycotting. Uh, they, of course, are um, vote, um, donating um, and volunteering and, and a few other ways. What we've learned um, around uh, this landscape, this volunteer landscape uh, since the, the, the global pandemic 
is people still want to serve. People still want to get involved. Um, and the need has never been greater. Um, you know, I like to say that the human spirit won't be denied. Um, humanity won't be denied. Uh, you know, if, if we look at a few statistics, um, our statistics show that 72% um, of our um, network has seen an increase in demand for their services. Um, if you visit pointsoflight.org, we, um, you know, just released some really, really interesting research where we uh, surveyed over 1,400 uh, people across the United States with an oversampling of Gen Z and, uh, and millennials. Uh, and from that group, from that survey, we learned that um, 95% of the people who were surveyed said that they will continue to be civically engaged um, at the same or greater rates. Um, and uh, I think uh, there was one other thing that said, one other um, note that said 82% of um, the people who were surveyed said that it's critical um, for uh, people to be involved in rebuilding their community. So I think the lessons uh, that have really been learned are um, people want to be involved, they want to serve, they want to be engaged and um, that's exciting. That's very exciting and it's, I think it probably speaks to like, it's something that you can do right now when we're all feeling a little bit stuck and giving back and, you know, stepping up and trying to help what in ever, whatever way you can help your community or um, state, country, whatever, just get out yeah. there and be part yeah. of something. Sure. There's one other piece, uh, you know, to that is um, that people are, they, they think globally, but they act locally. And so there is a hyper focus on what can I do to help my community to support my community and um, that's encouraging as well absolutely um so you've obviously had to um, innovate and pivot like all um, ceos this year have uh, especially ceos of in-person primarily in-person businesses um, first of all how did you pivot um, from in-person to digital this year and what have you, as a leader, learned from that experience? <laughs> well, I've learned uh, that um, points of light, we have an amazing team. Like, yeah, no, we it's are, not just you. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we have an amazing team and there are um, many, many more amazing teams around the world, right? People are digging deep and reaching high for, um, for solutions. Uh, you know, a couple of things that I, we learned around the, um, just switching your actions to a digital engagement. Um, first of all, not everything is transferable. So you really have to, and I would use a, a couple of examples. Um, we normally did do a conference uh, where we attract over, you know, about 1,500 to 2,000 people a year in June of volunteers and corporations. We uh, provided that experience digitally. Uh, in the digital experience, we actually had over 8,000 people register and um, over 5,000 attend. Uh, and then more uh, picked up the, um, you know, the product and program afterwards. But uh, in, in switching to a, a virtual experience, we really had to step back and think about um, how we would communicate, what tools we would use, uh, what sessions and conversations would be um, engaging. And so you really have to rethink uh, you know, what you're doing. Uh, you also have to um, 
think about like your value proposition. And so I think the, and, and what problem you're trying to solve and lean into that in particular and map your assets um, to the, the problem or issue you're trying to solve. And the example I would use is, um, we just had a uh, George H.W. Bush Points of Light Award. And you know, Points of Light each year, uh, each day, we recognize we have these daily Point of Light Awards where we are recognizing individuals in their communities around the world. And so we elevated that recognition program uh, so that once a year we are um, really shining a spotlight on, um, on individuals. We normally have that as a dinner uh, in Washington DC or New York where you know, people are having a good time and in person uh, recognizing and celebrating. And this year we had to change that to uh, an online experience. And the, the, the problem or the, the solution that we were bringing to uh, the table and our value proposition was recognition, lifting up stories uh, and uh, making sure that there was a light, um, uh, that we would shine a light on uh, people who normally would not get attention for the work that they are um, doing. And um, we thought that that was really important. And, you know, it's like, if you look at our product compared to a lot of other products where they have a lot of celebrities and entertainment, uh, you know, to attract um, an audience, ours was really just about telling the stories of people. We even had an inspirational wall that um, was really well received. Beautiful. Um, so I'd love you started to talk about being a leader and some things, you know, trust and respect. So I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. Um, the question is, why are you only as good as the team that you lead? And how do you invest in your team? Mm, mm, that's, that's, that's really good. Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm a team person. And uh, I truly believe that um, every person, every action, every institution, every anything is in the context of the world, of space, and of a fuller ecosystem. And no one is alone. And as a leader, you can't do everything. You can't be everywhere, you don't have all of the answers. And so um, the solutions that you uh, bring to bear, the products and services that you bring to bear, um, you know, how you support your community, however you achieve your goals has to be through others. And, you know, I would use as, um, as an example, uh, athletes, right? Because the other th thing that I learned as a young uh, person is uh, to do your best, to be all in, that there are no half-hearted champions. You gotta be all in to win, <laughs> all in. So I'm always all in and a little extra. <laughs> um, but you know, um, when you think about like these single champions, if you think about uh, golfers or swimmers or gymnasts or um, tennis stars, even these solo performers have a team. They have coaches, they have media folks, they have nutritionists, um, you know, they have advocates, they have um, friends, they, they have a team. And so you're really only as good as the people that you are surrounded by because none of us um, work or, um, or live alone. 
And as, as a leader, how do you get the best out of your team? Um, you know what, there is, a, um, I really ascribe by the um, philosophy of um, inspirational leadership. Uh, you know, like some people, uh, you know, there's there's this wheel that I've seen and it's about the different types of leadership. And so there's like operational leadership, inspirational leadership. I think there's visionary leadership and some other type, right? So I really believe in inspirational leadership and the way that I um, draw on that is to really, really listen um, and try to hear and learn um, what motivates people, right? Because not, not everybody is motivated the same way and then give that back if you can. Uh, and then I also, as, um, as an inspiration, so my aspiration is to be an inspirational leadership is to walk the walk, the walk, walk the talk, talk, talk the walk. <laughs> walk, walk the talk? Walk the talk. <laughs> it, is, it is to do what I say I'm going to do. And, um, you know, I, would, I tell people all the time, don't judge me on my words, judge me on my actions that are consistent over time, right? And I, I really believe that, um, that that's what you can do. And, and I have to say too, I have a very uh, low threshold for humor so and I like yeah so and, I, and I'm not really good with uh like those little cliches and stuff I, I butcher them all the time oh my god don't worry we are cut from the same cloth <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> walk the talk yeah walk the talk, talk. Yeah. yeah I have the added benefit of being Australian so I just make up isms all the time I was like no that no not a thing <laughs> but interesting yeah 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 well my my, my team um uh we they call it Natalie isms as well <laughs> so so yeah we we are cut from the same cloth that's good um so I'd love to ask you dig more into this your leadership style. So why has authenticity and vulnerability been important components of your leadership? You know, um, you can only be you, right? You you can only be you. You can pretend to be others, uh, but you can only be you. I do think as as human beings, we um, we can sense a fraud. Like, and it's exhausting, right? It's exhausting to be a fraud. It's exhausting to be around a fraud. <laughs> you know, it's exhausting trying to get to like what the real deal is. Um, you know, you just can't, that's just a, another layer of veneer that um, keeps you from getting to the real issue, the, the root problem, um, the best talent, the best answer, uh, it's just a veneer. It's a it's a layer that is unnecessary, um, and uh, it's not efficient. Is that the way you've always um, led teams, or is that something that you've really um, leaned into as a strength? Yeah, I think that. Um, sure, I, I think that I've always been an authentic person, right? Just because um, <laughs> I like myself, right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's like I, I've never really tried to be anybody else. Um, but I, I can say that 
um, sharing that has become more comfortable with age um, and experience, like in, in gaining more confidence to be um, your authentic self all the time has uh, become more com comfortable uh, with age. And then I, you know, I've also been, you know, the one thing about like African-Americans and African-Americans in leadership, usually we're less than 5% of any profession, engineers, doctors, lawyers, um, you name it, right? Like if, if you are an African-American leader around any table, there's likely to be less than 5% of you around any other table. And so, um, and uh, women, you, uh, we're gaining more access to tables. Um, and, you know, so, you know, I would say that I've had the opportunity to view, evaluate, learn from men. And uh, they are unapologetic in, in leadership roles, right? They are unapologetic about being their authentic authentic self and it works it either works or it doesn't work and so it's like well yeah i should try that too <laughs> yeah and now that you're in a position of leadership are you making a bigger table how do you get more african-american oh. women into positions of leadership oh yes absolutely um i believe we when um when we uh, did our, our strategy with, uh, we had the support of, um, of Deloitte and they have all these different, um, I don't know, groups and uh, values. And there was this one value uh, in your planning process is um, invite a motley crew, not in a bad way, but just like different folks from all over. And you had to stand by the value that best reflected how you were going to approach um, the strategic planning process, you know, another value was uh, check your cynic, right? So it's all these different things that you would have to do to get to a good place from, um, from a strategy. Um, inviting a Motley crew is, uh, is really important to me because um, I just believe that um, you get the best from people when you are creating, um, when you don't come with any uh, um, conceived notions about like exactly what uh, the end should be. Like you can have direction, but clarity on direction, but not certainty on exact um, solution. Um, and so, yes, my experience, and then I have um, sons that are creative and the creative process is an inclusive one. And so I've seen the value of that. Um, even when you're trying to uh, develop business solutions. So can we ask how you deal and manage stress? It's been a really stressful year. And I know our community loves hearing how other women have, are managing today. Yeah, sure. Um, a, a few ways. <laughs> so um, the first way is um, if, if you know me, you know I love music uh, and I, I think music is um, an expression of like the language of the heart and, and food for the soul. And so, you know, I will cuddle with music or just like, I love music. And so there's always music in my house depending on just, I wouldn't say depend on my mood, but just depending on whatever you feel like listening to them. We listen to everything. Like we listen to world music and like we listen to everything, to everything. And I do mean everything. Um, 
So, uh, so music is, is a good way. Um, uh, sleeping in on Saturdays, like I literally sleep in on Saturdays. Like that, I, that is, um, is also a good way where I may get up like 10 or 11 or 1130. <laughs> yeah, so sleeping in on Saturdays, uh, music. Um, I would say too, um, there is a, um, a book I read, read a very long time ago. It's called, it's a blue and yellow and white book. It's called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. And Change Your Brain, Change Your Life is um, really about uh, um, sort of positive energy, being an optimist, being intentional about that energy that you are creating for yourself because um, as you create that energy, it kind of multiplies and manifests within you, then you can, um, you share that and then that comes back to you. Uh, you know, I do remember, and it was, it's been so many years since I've read the book, uh, but I do remember that uh, there being a section about, you know, people who suffer from depression and saying, like, you know, I don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel happy. And, and the book basically says, the section says, don't wait until you feel happy. Smile. And your brain will send um, endorphins to the rest of your body. And eventually, it's like if your actions... Um, if, if you are intentional about your actions, your mood and your feelings and um, the chemistry will catch up to your actions. And so, um, you know, part of the way that I manage stress is listening to music, sleeping in on Saturdays, and then being very, very intentional every day um, to have a good day. Doesn't always work. I, like, I'm not Pollyannish. Like, there are days where it's like, this is a pretty day. <laughs> Notice how I bleep myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, uh, that would be my advice. That book, um, we've been talking this year a lot with Dr. Sasha Hines, who's a positive psychologist and that whole thing of like, you actually do, you are able to control your mindset. And so by shifting your mindset, you can change change your behaviors, change the outcome and your emotions and yeah. it's super powerful. And so very much what um, the change your brain, change your life. It's exactly what she talks about. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely, there's science behind there's that, science. Um, which it's awesome to see. And I would imagine makes such a positive difference for your team then as well. Um, you know, I, I think if that's the way you're showing up for your team, that you're really intentional about the energy. Yeah, um, it, it, it could, I'm sure for some of my team members, it can be exhausting too. <laughs> you know, I can be like a, like a, like a golden lab retriever, you know, like it, it could be a bit much, but um, yeah, it, it is what it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but you know what? I have said as um, as a leader, like if, if you are going to work on our team and we have an, uh, an exceptional team, like we have an A plus team, is you really have to be fit to run with me just because, yeah, you just got to be fit to run with me. So, you know, I, I say take your time, take your days off, don't leave any money on the table. When you're off, you're off. <laughs> um, and when you're on and you're in, be all in because that's who I am. I'm all in all the time. So um, 
you mentioned you sleep in and um, on Saturdays. On Saturdays. On Saturday. No, you sleep in on Saturdays. But how do you um, transition from being all in at work to, especially now when you're presumably working from home, how yeah. do you transition at the end of the day from being all in to being all to turning off? Um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I um, either a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, some warm tea, uh, not as frequent as wine. <laughs> and honestly, uh, I like reality TV, you know, like Amazing Race, you know, anything with a competition so that you're just totally vegging out. My, my husband's like, how do you watch this stuff? And but it's really kind of watching me. Um, or I'm like listening to music or, uh, you know, it's like I could be reading a book. Like right now I'm reading this book, which is um, Eat Your Blood Type. I don't know if you've read that book. I haven't read it, but no one read it, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's Eat Your Blood Type. It's about like all, yeah, like your blood type and um, how you are uh, more fit, um, how your body breaks down um, food uh, and um, how you preserve and create more energy. Uh, what I like about the book is um, it's like there's a, sort of like a anthropology, history, science, and then nutrition and practical way to approach a subject. And so the other way that I, I wind down is I um, would read something that I could pick a chapter or two, right? Like I, 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 I wouldn't read a novel, just, yeah, I just wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, but I will read like chapters and chapters, uh, you know, different aspects of a book. So, that's so some, yeah, something that's just really different that lets your brain relax. Yeah, and, and like to totally different. And reality TV is totally different from my real life. Right. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's a guilty pleasure, right? Yeah, which is, yeah. it is important to have those things that are just like. Yeah, I like all the, all the creative um, entertainment shows. Yeah, love it. So, um, Given that you are the CEO of a, an organization helping um, people become volunteers and, and activists using their um, time and energy and money, with so much going on in the world today, how can someone turn a sense of helplessness into action and make change? Yeah, I think, um, you know, a part of it is uh, the, the sense of helplessness um, comes from within, right? And so a part of it is just taking a, a deep breath, like inhaling and exhaling and, you know, steadying yourself. I, I like to say, uh, take the privilege of time to think. The other piece is to recognize that you're not alone. Like the world, uh, I, I think I saw somewhere, you know, someone said, oh, well, the world is in a low grade depression. Like we're all mourning the lives that we are used to when we're all creating these new lives and new experiences. Um, and so there may be some helplessness uh, depending on your, your viewpoint that comes from that. So I would say exhale, recognize that um, you're not alone. And then, um, you know, really realize, we say this at points of light that every action matters, that no act is too small. Um, every act matters. And so even if it is uh, a hug, a smile, um, every act matters. Uh, you know, I do have, um, I, I'm not sure how much time we have, like just a, 
a really quick um, story about, you know, we talk about taking your assets and using your assets to unlock the assets of others. And so I was um, a volunteer on a board that worked with uh, people uh, with, they had a, a very broad mission, but they, a part of their mission was working with people with addiction. And um, we were in a community and uh, they were supporting, um, you know, it was a fundraiser for these people with addiction. And um, there was one person who, there was a, a small band, um, and then there was this one person who uh, was a recipient of um, the support of the mission. And he took, um, someone uh, shared with him their trumpet. And this person who was a, a recovering addict was a brilliant trumpet player. He played his music during that experience and it so moved everyone that the experience went to a totally different level. People stayed longer. They received um, from this one donor an extraordinary, you know, unthinkable gift because they had experienced um, the mission. And so the point is, is that, you know, people may feel helpless. This person could have felt helpless but he actually had talents and he actually had some gift. Like all of us have a gift. It doesn't matter what your gift is and your gift can unlock the gifts of others. And so um, just by him being inspired and playing his music, it actually um, helped others. And so um, no act is too small. Mm. That's beautiful. And it goes back also to the leadership style that you mentioned of um, bringing out the best of, of others and empowering others, inspiring others to show up as their best to do the work that's required as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, feel free if anybody has a question for Natalie to pop those in the, the Q&A and we'll, we'll take them. Um, so Natalie, if someone, how can someone make a difference if they just have, you know, one day, one quarter, a year to invest, like what are these little increments that you could help people think around how, how do they make change? Sure. So, you know, when I share it uh, with you a little bit more about our civic circle, right, which is um, about civic life today, we consider uh, uh, that those aspects of how you can make a difference, whether using your voice, volunteering, donating, by cutting um, either boycott or boycott, um, selecting where you work, we consider them your superpowers. Like it is your super, like everyone has a voice. And if you want to take one step, uh, do one thing as one person, decide what you're passionate about, you know, like make a decision on like, yeah, I'm gonna lean into this issue. I'm going to listen and learn more about this issue. And I will use my voice to share like issues and solutions with others. And so, you know, I would say, just look at your superpowers. Um, we're coming up on the holiday season, whatever your holiday, um, you know, if, if you celebrate holidays during uh, uh, November, December, and we are uh, a community of spenders, how are you uh, making your 
we're consumers, right? How are you making your purchasing decisions? Uh, you know, what are the what's what are the philosophies around the companies that you are um, supporting? Uh, are there other ways that you can direct your funds um, in lieu of uh, you know just typical consumer spending? And so those are just a couple of, of, of ideas. And then we are in the voting season. And so I would hope that everyone is, um, is registered and exercising their voice uh, through voting. And of course, volunteering, donating, all those ways, but they're your superpowers. Absolutely. We have a couple questions from our audience, actually. Okay. So um, first up, this is from an anonymous person. But what's been your favorite experience or thing about 2020? I know most people have focused on the negative. You mentioned a lot of people, um, it's yeah. true, a grieving of the life that they no longer have. Yeah. But, um, but this person and we would love to hear the positive. So what's been yeah, sure. the best part of this year for sure. you? Sure. Um, uh, there have been a couple. One is there's a pro and con. So the pro is, is I don't have to travel as much. Um, you know, being the leader of a global organization, I was on a plane um, probably once a week, once every two weeks. Uh, and so then you have to get ready for your trip, go on your trip and come back home, uh, you know, pack your bags, get another bag. And so not having to travel as much has been um, really wonderful. However, <laughs> I like to travel, you know, personally. And so not being able to travel, uh, you know, my husband and I, we were, we were supposed to be at, um, in uh, Lake Lorraine for our anniversary this, this summer um, in Canada. And instead we were in Charleston, right? You know, we were supposed to be somewhere really exotic and instead we were in Nashville. Um, you know, so, uh, so we're, we're changing, we're learning uh, about the South and wonderful cities in the South, no shade, right? Um, uh, so I would say, yeah, the good part is not having to travel for work. The bad part is not being able to travel personally, but the other good piece is learning about the jewels that are right in your community. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> Good perspective. Yeah. We have another um, question from Kate. What has been your favorite boss to work for and why? So I'm guessing, again, like what kind of leader have you enjoyed working for and what what might be those um, characteristics? Yeah, so um, so I've worked for um, I've worked for a few people, but I would say that um, there are two uh, and um, one is, uh, I don't know if I should say their names or not. I, I, I guess I could. One is Paul Vallis. He, um, he, he ran for governor and mayor and was superintendent of, of schools. And uh, he had a lot of energy. And uh, he was um, a colorful character that you either really, really liked him or you really, really didn't. Um, but uh, he was, um, and I, I loved him. So <laughs> I'm on the record by saying that. Um, but he was, uh, he was all in, he was all in all the time. And he, um, you know, he said, never let an untruth go unchallenged. So like, you just didn't let an untruth go unchallenged. And, you know, if something wasn't right, you were going to make it right. And uh, he thought um, everything doesn't have to be a bleep bleep fight. 
right? Like you could always find a way to solve a problem. Like it doesn't have to be a fight. And um, he also taught us that like, you know, you can't solve a problem if you, he taught me, you can't solve a problem if you don't know what it is. And to lift up the rug, you know, I work with him in um, the Chicago public schools and the Philadelphia school districts, and they were either under state takeover or um, being taken over by the mayor, um, the city, and there were a lot of problems and, you know, you, you had to find them so that you could at least name it um, to work on it. So I would say uh, he was one. And then the other one was um, uh, a woman who is um, now a judge or a, a, a former judge. And, um, you know, she just taught me the, the power of um, quiet time and reflecting. Right. So I am an active person. And so, you know, she's like, yeah, like, like, just go think about that, right? Just, just think about it, just pause, right? So it was pause and uh, yeah, so those were my um, two wonderful leaders. I love that. We should start a series of um, things people have learned from their favorite leaders. Yeah. Um, so Natalie, we um, have a tradition here that we like to finish with kind of like the apple pie at the end of a yummy meal, um, at the end of a delicious conversation, some okay. rapid fire questions. They're very fluffy, short, first thing that pops into your mind, but it's a way for our community to better get to know um, the person on the other side. Okay, of the that, that could be a little dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> My first thing I, pause wrong I, think, okay, I think I'm gonna pause and edit a bit, but pause. let's see. We'll try. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. You don't have to think very hard. Don't think too hard about these. Okay. So the first one is what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Um gosh. Yeah, it's like I'm not a big, big eater. So I don't know that I have a fav a favorite food. Maybe sushi. All right. Yeah, I could eat sushi every day. Okay, we'll call that favorite. How about um, favorite workout? Uh, for favorite workout is um, stretching. Like I just mm -hmm. like like to stretch. Like, yeah, like stretching, yoga, Pilates. Uh, I'm not good at it, but I, I do like it. <laughs> Sunrise or sunset? Oh, sunset. That's easy. <laughs> That's really easy. <laughs> Well, if you're sleeping till 10, you're not watching the sunrise. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Definitely not on Saturdays. Not Saturdays. No. Um, <laughs> what about the best vacation you've taken? Oh, um, I've traveled all over the world, and it really depends on what you're looking for. So I can give you a couple of answers. Best food is Rome. Mm. Um, best... Uh, um, best nightlife, believe it or not, was Turkey, Istanbul. That was very, it was very surprising to like experience um, the nightlife. Um, best, uh, best fruit, Costa Rica, and nicest people, uh, and um, best beaches. I think probably the beach I just uh, went to. Um, I like uh, Bermuda and uh, yeah, I like Bermuda. So not necessarily the best beach, but a really nice one. You may want to travel. Oh my God, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your pet peeve? 
laziness like or liars I was like I don't like lazy liars <laughs> and people who lie about being lazy you know? it's just no honestly just like do it and if um if you made a mistake or if um just own it right like nobody's perfect just do it and own it yeah how about your best strength my best strength um I think probably my charisma, like I've been told I have charisma. So, uh, you know, it's like, I, I like people um, and uh, I like to share good vibes and get good vibes from people. I'm, I'm, I'm not extroverted. I actually am introverted, but when I'm like with you, I'm giving you my authentic self and um, yeah, there's no pretense. And so people like that and they see that. And yeah, I've been told I have charisma. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. What's your biggest vice? My biggest vice? Oh gosh, my biggest vice. Like I'm really trying to think authentically what my biggest vice is. Um, oh gosh, what would be my biggest vice? Uh, probably like being like being a, a type A like in charge. I don't know if that's big or not, but you know, you kind of have to know yourself. And so like, I know what seat I need to be in. And if I'm not in that seat, it's probably not good for any of us. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, how about I'm currently reading? Oh, yeah, I just told you I'm currently reading uh, um, the, the book uh, about like your blood type. Eat your blood type. Eat your blood type. Okay, so something we could not find out about you on LinkedIn. Um, that I was a ranger. I was a park ranger as a young, uh, young professional. I worked in um, Valley Forge National Park and Indiana Dunes National Park. Yeah, you wouldn't find that. That's awesome. I really enjoy the outdoors and, you know, just, yeah. Very cool. You don't meet many park rangers. <laughs> I know, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about I'm grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for God. You know, I'm grateful for grace. Um, I'm grateful I'm grateful for my team at Points of Light. I'm, I'm grateful for my life, honestly. That's I'm grateful for my life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Finish this sentence. I can't wait to go to. Uh, just travel anywhere. <laughs> like, like, I can't wait to go to a beach. Anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I am most joyful when? Uh, when I'm with my grandkids. I have, I have two grandbabies. Oh, very babies. They are four and six. Um, I call them uh, my delicious and yummy. So she's Miss Delicious and he's Mr. Yummy. And so I am, yeah, for sure. And they live in Chicago. So I miss them. I haven't seen them for over a year. Well, it was coming up one year since last Thanksgiving. We missed like, you know, spring break and summer break. So, yeah. yeah. So Natalie, last question. Our mantra is step up, reach down. So what does the words and the statement step up and reach down mean to you? Oh, step up and reach down. Yes. Um, 
step up means like lean in, do it, like push yourself, be uncomfortable. Uh, like, yeah, so just like you, you and, and stepping up takes energy, right? It's, it's not a side step and it's not a sit down, it takes energy. So it is use that energy to, to step up, right? To, to reach um, and, and reach down means um, just like, yeah, stay anchored in a way. Well, not, not really anchored, but just, I wouldn't reach down without pulling something up. So, you know, I would say reach down and pull something up with, you, with that reach. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us. Such a pleasure to spend some time with you, getting to know you. It was um, fun. It was a great way to spend some time for us. Um, thank you and really acknowledge all the work that you and your team are doing. Um, yes. Tremendous work. Where can people find out about the work that um, Points of Light does? Sure, uh, visit us at pointsoflight.org. And you know, we say, be a light, be a light, light the way, let your light shine, all of those wonderful things. Uh, Points of Light is, is about um, highlighting and lifting up and supporting the power of people, but it's really the power of the best in people. And uh, yeah, Great. see you around. Thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you choosing to spend your time with us. If you love this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe.